Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, or Bobby Rossi. This host was born in Utah. <laughs> Who is it? Time's up. The correct answer is Bobby Rossi. Get to know our local hosts by listening to News Radio 92.3. 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. sent more than 3,000 armored vehicles, more than 8,000 artillery systems, more than 2 million rounds of artillery ammunition, and more than 50 advanced multi-launch rocket systems, anti-ship and air defense systems, all to help counter Ukraine's brutal aggression that's happening because of Russia. Missed it by that much. <laughs> Did you hear it? All to help counter Ukraine's brutal aggression. Whoops. <laughs> nope. Not until you just pointed it out, yeah. Nope, nope. That's, that's, nope, not not accurate. Not not the reason. Uh, everybody makes gaffes, uh, but when some people make them, it's a little bit more noteworthy than anybody else. Yeah, we've, you know, we've been talking about this, uh, the decision to send 31 Abrams tanks and a, a whole mess, like 62, um, uh, the Leopard 2 tanks that are German manufactured, but like, you know, it's not just Germany sending them. Uh, they're coming from various countries. They just happen to be German manufactured. And, and I talked with you a little bit yesterday. Uh, my son is, I mean, genuinely an expert on uh, armor and it's his favorite thing in the whole wide world and um, you know loves to play simulation games with this anyway and uh, you know he was kind of explaining to me some of the value not as much value what would be the better way to send it one of the challenges with sending over the Abrams is it's a complicated system I mean, you know, it's a modern military system. Now, we built a bunch of them for, um, you know, against the Soviets, and we used them in the Gulf War. Uh, but they have, you know, like we're going to take out some of the more sensitive capabilities because they don't need it, and we don't want to risk the chance that it would fall into the Russian hands. There's still a chance that if they fall into Russian hands, which, you know, you you never know what's going to happen in a war. War is, you know, an unpredictable business. And uh, the concern is that they would then be able to, you know, study, reverse engineer, that kind of stuff. Um, but it's not just the tanks. You have to, the tanks, support equipment, training, ammunition, fuel, the whole package. Just like we field our Abrams, we have to field the whole thing. And you're teaching them basically from scratch, you know, because they don't know how to operate this system. Um, the, we actually, And it's kind of interesting, too, because the way I understand it is it's not like we're sending over the ones that we have available for our military. We um, we have about 8,000 of them. M- most of them are not battle-ready. They A lot of them are kind of in storage. Um, and what we do is we built them, and then they're kind of in storage waiting, and they get refurbished uh, by General Dynamics. That actually kind of rebuilds them basically for about half the cost of building a new one. And those are the ones, like we're selling 350 of them to, to Poland. Okay, so it's not coming out of our existing stockpile, basically. Although they do have to be worked on, and that affects potential supply chain, but they say they can handle the, you know, the load of doing that. But they're going to take out classified electronic systems out of the Abrams before sending them to Ukraine, like we did with the Stingers when we sent those over. But still, there is some risk, and some of the people in the Army are not happy about the ability that maybe if they fell into Russian hands, they'd be able to reverse engineer NATO technology and acquire it, or probe for vulnerabilities. I mean, these are all issues. One thing to note about the Abrams is that um, 
we learned during the Gulf War that the Abrams and even the Challengers, the British made, uh, could hit a Russian tank outside of the Russian tank's main gun range, which is just good. It's good. <laughs> we, you know, we like that. And it's a uh, it's a pretty strong uh, weapon using against Russian commanders who are well familiar with the lethality of the Abrams. Uh, but we do have to train. And it's going to take some time. This is not going to be an immediately available. This is going to take about a year before they come open. Like that's that's part of the other issue here is this is not like next week you're going to see Abrams tanks, you know, rolling east out of Kiev, you know, heading for the Russian conflict. It doesn't work that way. And uh, <laughs> dude. I, 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 you know, I'm a big, I like Wanda Sykes. I really do. And she was kind of raising the point on a daily show last night. She's like, um, so why did it take this long for everybody to get behind the move to give them tanks, especially the German tanks, you know, the leopard two that's available in most of these countries. Why couldn't Germany just send a bunch of tanks over to help out in the conflict? Well, now the reason it took so long to send these tanks is that Germany didn't want to send tanks alone. They wanted another country to send tanks with them because, you know, it's not a great look just when it's uh, German tanks rolling across <laughs> Europe. Kind of makes people nervous. Fair. Not the concern for us with the Abrams, but you get the point. 615 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. Candy's got traffic on the fives. Traffic on the fives brought to you by Top Appliance. Uh, watching an accident in Cantonment. Now, it's 95A in Casey Lane. This is north of Quintet. I'm not showing a roadblock now, but I am showing uh, possible debris in the roadway. Certainly watch for that. Top Appliance is in Milton featuring freezers, refrigerators, dishwashers, ranges, washers, and dryers from GE and Hot Point, Speed Queen, and more at Top Appliance. It's Highway 90 in Milton. Hey, if you got traffic tips, text 437-1620, News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Hi, I'm Billy Anderson with Anderson Subaru. The men and women here at Anderson Subaru are committed to the Subaru Love Promise, a promise between us and our communities, a promise to make the Gulf Coast a better place to live, to work, and to play. And we're proud of what we've accomplished. From our ongoing support of the Pensacola Breast Cancer Association and Ascension Sacred Heart to volunteering with Feeding the Gulf Coast, we've conducted clothing drives for loaves and fishes and charity auctions for Gulf Coast Kids House, and we support Sherwood Elementary School in multiple ways. We're committed to the pet in our communities too by supporting dog adoption events with Phoenix Rising Rescue, Barktoberfest with Pensacola Humane Society, and Potty Gras with Wolfgang Park and Bruce. And the love continues through donations, volunteering, and monetary support. Anderson Subaru is making a difference in the lives of our neighbors and our community. The Subaru Love Promise. That's a promise we intend to keep at Anderson Subaru Highway 29, just north of Car City, Pensacola, online at andersonsubaru.com. Anderson's got a Subaru for you. Join Ballet Pensacola's Artistic Director, Darren McIntyre, on today's Pensacola Expert Panel at 9 a.m. Ballet Pensacola is honored to recognize the dedication and bravery of the United States military with a special ballet production February 10th through February 12th. Tune in and text your questions for Darren to 850-437-1620. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 a.m. 1620. Hi, guys. If you find yourself in a divorce or you know that one is coming, you're likely stressed about your kids, your finances, and what your future is going to look like when the divorce is over. You're going to need help with this, and I'm here to do that. Whatever you're facing, I can help you get through it. I specialize in helping guys just like you get through difficult divorces. I'm Autumn Blackledge, and trust me, I can help you through this. Just look me up on social media or on the web. I'm Autumn Blackledge, and I'm here to help. Pensacola, Florida. 
Pensacola right now with Bobby Rossi. Afternoons 4 to 7. After Dave Ramsey on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. What? I, I see this as an absolute win. Ticketmaster had the temerity to imply that the debacle involved in pre-ticket sales was Taylor Swift's fault because she was failing to do too many concerts. And may I suggest respectfully that Ticketmaster ought to look in the mirror and say, I'm the problem, it's me. And the reason is quite simply that you are the ones ultimately responsible I'm, I'm pretty sure that Richard Blumenthal, Senator Blumenthal, in his entire life has never walked up to New Order. Just as a thought. Like, <laughs> that's probably never been the case. Also, debacle? What's a debacle? I'm not really sure. Uh, did he mean debacle? Anyway. Um, but no, uh, talk, this is the other day in the Senate hearings over the question of Ticketmaster and reforming this and, you know, how do we manage to make all the Swifties unangry? Mr. Berktold, I want to congratulate and thank you for an absolutely stunning achievement. You have brought together Republicans and Democrats <laughs> in an absolutely unified cause. And respectfully, that unfortunately, your approach today in this hearing is going to solidify that cooperation. Because as I hear and read what you have to say, it's basically, it's not us. It's everyone but us. Yeah, I, I love that. You know, you've done a unique thing here. You've managed to make Democrats and Republicans agree with each other. So uh, that's rare. Well done. You really screwed up. And the fact of the matter is that Live Nation Ticketmaster is the 800-pound gorilla here. You have— No offense to gorillas. —clear dominance, monopolistic control. This whole concert ticket system— is a mess. It's a monopolistic mess. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's certainly a neo-monopoly. It might not be a full-blown monopoly, but 70% of market share is a lot. Now, is that because they're the best, or is that because they have, you know, worked to exclude competitors in the marketplace, acquired things vertically integrated in ways that make it hard to penetrate the market space? Well, you know, that's a fair question. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't think the concertgoers really care about all that. They just want a system that they can trust, and they're not paying too many fees into, where they know they can get concert tickets reliably when they need to. You know, that's the real issue. I, I will tell you, there is there is a part of me, though, that I know for the, you know, the 14, 14 year olds all collected in somebody's living room one morning trying to get tickets or whatever, mm -hmm. trying to get tickets. I, wanted, I know is infuriating. And their political power is dramatically more these days in the era of daddy and Instagram. Uh, right? sure. I mean, let's be fair. Um, but you know, at the same time, I think concertgoers these days are kind of missing out on something that, um, that we had the benefit of, which is you went and you stood in line. Yeah, absolutely. For seven hours in to the cold. To get those tickets, To get yeah. the tickets. And, you know, even once, you know, if you were even in the front of the line, you still probably got tickets halfway back because, you know, the overlords had secured absolutely. their own. Absolutely. Or, you 100%. know, the, the, the guy behind your counter was slower than the guy behind the counter in Cincinnati or Oh, you, know, you are absolutely right. It's like, come on. <laughs> come on, type yeah, faster. No. no, I used to go hand out donuts at the uh, when it was the Civic Center. Oh, nice. Because people yeah. stand in line yeah. and go up the ramp and... Mm -hmm. There's there, there, the there's days. some there's yeah. something about that experience which the the pain and difficulty and challenge of all of it 
It makes you appreciate the end result more. 100% and, and, because you earned it. Yeah, and your story might not be about the Van Halen concert. It might be about the eight hours you spent in line trying to get tickets to the Van Halen concert. Mm-hmm. You know, that might be the more entertaining part of your story. Yes. Anyway, 622. I'm not saying we go back to that system. I kind of am. But uh, <laughs> no, that was yeah, righteous. I, I like something, it. Something about that that these <laughs> kids these days are missing out on. Taylor Six, Swift should be Speaker of the House. 622 on News Radio. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> News Radio 92. Aye, aye. I almost wanted to say News Lady because you're talking about Terry. So anyway, 622. Uh, David right. Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Facebook and Instagram both reinstating former President Donald Trump's accounts. Uh, Meta, the owner of both of those sites, said uh, yesterday that they'll be made active again in the next few weeks. Bad Bunny, Lizzo, and Sam Smith will be some of the performers on stage at the Grammy Awards this year. Uh, also performing will be uh, Brandy Carlisle, Mary J. Blige, Luke Combs, Steve Lacey, and uh, Kim Petras. Those awards will uh, air on February 5th on CBS. And an algebra teacher at Navarre High School is Santa Rosa County's Teacher of the Year. I just saw this one on Channel 3. Uh, the district surprised Karen Cody with that award yesterday. Cody, a seven-year teacher with the district, and her students say that she makes them feel safe and welcomes everyone into her class. So congratulations to her. I love Teacher of the Year awards. That's fantastic. The golden Apple. At least in Escambia, it's a Golden Apple. I think they do the same in, in, in Santa Rosa, if I'm not mistaken. They call I'm, it the not, golden apple. I'm not sure that they call it that. Yeah, you um, might be right. I, I don't I'm see it in the, in the Channel 3 report. Well, still the best. Now. I love that. We love all of our teachers. You guys are all so great. 623 here on News Radio 92.3. Um, oh, th- this is one of those, like, you know, I've told you this many, many, many times, but it still bears repeating. Whenever you see a religion headline, I, I want you to learn to always be like, we'll see. <laughs> you know, kind of like I saw this headline all over the place yesterday, and the headline was Pope Francis, quote, being homosexual is not a crime. And, and my first thought was, interesting, let's read further, right? Let's look and see, because this is, a, he did an interview with the Associated Press, and though many of the fine people at the Associated Press do good reporting on many subjects, religion's not one of them, typically. Uh, and I told you this before, the, the basic problem is that newsrooms around the country in, in America are highly irreligious. The people in the newsrooms are not native speakers of the language of religion. They don't understand it. They don't practice it. They don't. Um, they they don't know enough to really be covering the topic. So they get it wrong a lot. And I think in this case, they didn't really get it wrong, but they didn't really get it right either. I mean, they're kind of close. And it, honestly, for Catholic news, where you should go is the National Catholic Register, NC Register. Um, you know, they, they do a, obviously, they do a fantastic job of covering their own religion, which is kind of the point. So anyway, um, it's true, okay, uh, that he did say that exact phrase, okay, but there's a lot more context to it than that. And so to understand this story, I think you have to understand kind of where is the Catholic Church on homosexuality. And so for there, you'd look at the catechism. And the catechism says, well, I'll tell you in a second. Let's get, I want to get uh, Candy here with traffic on the fives first. <laughs> um, as we take, I know I'm not saying anything. As we take a look at our roads, uh, 95A and Casey Lane. This is north of Quintet. It looks like it is clear now. Uh, emergency crews, I, I imagine, gone, but do watch for debris in the roadway. There, uh, caution is you know wherever you are, and if you have traffic tips, you can text four three seven sixteen twenty. It's News Radio ninety two three, informative, local, dependable. Okay, so thanks so much, Candy. So uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church says that homosexual acts are intrinsically disordered, and under no circumstances can they be approved. 
Okay, that's the catechism. The number of men and women who have deep-seated homosexual tendencies is not negligible. This inclination, which is objectively disordered, constitutes for most of them a trial. They must be accepted with respect, compassion, sensitivity. Every sign of unjust discrimination in their regard should be avoided. That's catechism. These persons are called to fulfill God's will in their lives, and if they're Christians, to unite the sacrifice of the Lord's cross, uh, the difficulties they may encounter from their condition. Homosexual persons are called to chastity by virtues of self-mastery that teach them inner freedom at times by the support of disinterested friendship, by prayer and sacramental grace, they can and should gradually and resolutely approach Christian perfection. And in 2021, the Vatican's doctrinal office also offered a clarification proved by Pope Francis that the church cannot bless same-sex unions because God cannot bless sin. Okay, that so that's the background, right? That's where the Catholic Church has been. But what the Pope is also saying, and this is very appropriate to say, is that he's not... He is not changing any of that. But what he is saying is that around the world you have laws that punish. And here's where things get a little bit fuzzy because the terminology is a little bit fuzzy. Uh, but they punish sometimes being homosexual, which the Catholic Church and every Christian tradition I know of has never said that you, you, know, you can't control your tendencies. It's only your actions that you can control. So anyway, uh, that's, there's no sin in having a desire. The sin is in how you behave on it. And that's true whether it's a temptation to commit adultery, temptation to steal, temptation to blaspheme. It doesn't really matter, right? Having a desire is not the problem. It's acting on it. That's the issue. So laws around the world that punish both the being gay and also the acting on the desire, right? The action and also the identity, if you want to call it that, or the having of the desire. And there are 67 countries or jurisdictions worldwide that criminalize consensual same-sex sexual activity, 11 of which uh, impose potentially the death penalty. So this is not a gone issue, right? This is something that is very much a live issue around the world. And within that context, Pope Francis said, being homosexual isn't a crime. And he wants the you know bishops in the areas where they have those laws, some of which have been supportive of those laws, to change that and to you know change their their view, their stance on those laws. So what's the takeaway from all of this? Well, the headline is accurate, right? He says that you know being a homosexual isn't a crime, and the question then is to what degree is this a change in Catholic doctrine? And I'll be honest, I don't read it as any change in Catholic doctrine. But because you have a secular world which wants to find evidence that, for example, the Pope has changed his view on sexual ethics or that the Pope has announced a change in view on sexual ethics for the you know, Catholic Church, um, they're very eager to read things that way without understanding the background, the context, and the unchanged portions of Catholic doctrine. And again, precisely because, and I'm not a Catholic. Listen, I'm, you know, I'm a evangelical, okay? Uh, so I'm not a, you know, I, I understand Catholicism, but I'm not a, not a Catholic. I have lots of good, close Catholic friends. I don't have a problem. I'm one of the rare, like, I don't mind, like, I'm not, I'm not a member, but I'm the most pro-Catholic evangelical you'll ever find, which is kind of a weird thing, but it's true. Um, I respect Catholicism tremendously. Anyway, um, but people who don't, practice the religion, don't really understand it, don't devote themselves to it, and really don't ask the right questions when something like this comes out are going to misrepresent the story. So is it a headline? Sure. Is it a meaningful shift in Catholic doctrine? I don't read it as any shift in Catholic doctrine particularly. 
629 here on News Radio 92.3. So I just wanted to kind of cover that for those of you who might be seeing the headline and kind of wondering what in the world. 437-1620, Oh, side note, this is actually fascinating, is um, Pope Benedict, right, who recently passed away. There's a book published, and it's not, some people have been saying it's a book published posthumously. It's sort of true. There were 16 sections in it, four of which had not been previously published. Okay, oh. so it's, yes, new things by him that are being published after his death. Uh, also interesting that because he's not Pope at the time they were published or written, they're not doctrinal statements for the Catholic Church. They're not ex cathedra, so to speak. So they're not, it's... They didn't get grandfathered in? No, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great way to ask the question. <laughs> but no, it, it doesn't really work that way. Uh, but he did say in there that... He warns of radical manipulation of human beings and the distortion of the sexes by gender ideology in the name of tolerance, which are, you know, certainly long-standing concerns of the Catholic Church. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. Police in Monterey Park, California, are still looking for a motive for a shooting at a dance hall last Saturday night. A man killed 11 people, then himself the next day. Based on the interviews the investigators are still conducting, uh, they have not been able to establish a connection between the suspect and any of the victims thus far. LA County Sheriff Robert Luna says the pistol used in the shooting was bought in 1999 and that Who Can Tran left a motorcycle nearby, presumably as an alternate getaway vehicle. The big tech company Meta plans to end former President Trump's social media suspension. In the coming weeks, he can use Facebook and uh, in Instagram again. Um, I mean, of course, there are guardrails, there are rules. Meta Global Affairs President Nick Clegg on Fox. For now, the former president posts exclusively on Truth Social, an agreement that expires in June. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 631 News Radio 923. I'm David Wayne. 40 degrees right now. It is mostly clear. In Pensacola. New information on the arrest of former Santa Rosa School Resource Officer David Daniels. According to an arrest report, a now 17 year old girl told her therapist that Daniels had touched her inappropriately when she was 11 years old. The victim alleges she was sleeping between Daniels and his wife, and he rubbed her inappropriately with his hand under her clothes. Daniels told investigators that he remembered the incident but denied sexually assaulting the girl, said he believed she was lying. Daniels says he woke his wife up after discovering he'd touched the girl. His wife denied that. Daniels uh, was suspended and ultimately fired from his job after being arrested for lewd and lascivious behavior earlier this week. This game be a Escambia County leaders are looking to buy 10 parcels of land that includes the Inglewood Baptist Church building. Last week, the county commissioners voted to move forward and make a $1.7 million offer on the property. This is probably one of the best deals the county could get. Um, quite frankly, 33,000 square feet at $1.7 million. I mean, you know what? It could be used as a shelter. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of things that this building could be used for. Commissioner Lumen May says the funds were set aside for a community center in that area after the 2014 Escambia County Jail explosion. Englewood Baptist pastor Larry Watson Jr. tells Channel Three the church is looking to sell because they're not maximizing the space. They could move back to their original location if they sell. Legal battle now brewing in the state as civil rights attorney Ben Crump has announced a lawsuit against Governor Ron DeSantis and the state's decision to reject an AP African-American history course for high schoolers. The high school teachers are protected 
against being censored in sharing an accurate retelling of our shared history. Earlier this week, the governor said that the course in question promotes a political agenda and contains material related to queer theory and abolishing prisons. Crump and other lawyers are suing the state on behalf of three students. Police in Jacksonville Beach have made an arrest in the murder of a Microsoft executive. Officials say 61-year-old Henry Tenon is being charged for the murder of Jared Brittigan. That happened about a year ago. For almost a year, we have investigated this case, seeking the many questions surrounding Jared's murder, and most importantly, to answer the question, who killed Jared? That's Police Department Chief Gene Paul Smith. Brittigan was shot and killed on the side of a road in Jacksonville Beach in what was described as an ambush attack after he dropped off his 10-year-old twins at his ex-wife's home. Reports say police are still investigating whether Brittigan's ex-wife was involved. A state attorney says they know that Tenon didn't act by himself. Reports say Tenon rented a house owned by Mario Fernandez, who's married to Brittigan's ex-wife. It is 6.35 at News Radio 92.3. Well, let's get a look at your traffic on the fives. Candy, what are you seeing out there? Uh, good news is 95A looks like it's clear there was an accident this morning uh, north of Quintet, but that has been moved off to the side. Certainly watch for debris on the road. And if you see an accident, let us know. Traffic tip line 437-1620. News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Cooler day out there today with temperatures warming up near 55 degrees for your afternoon high. Mostly sunny skies overnight tonight. Temperatures dropping into the 30s for lows. Sunny skies will continue as you go into Friday with a high near 56. Friday night temperatures dropping near 42. For Saturday, slight warm up with sunny skies continue. High on Saturday near 60 degrees with a low near 52. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Thank you, Brooke. Right now, 40 and sunny in Pensacola. It's 43 in Gulf Breeze and 37 in Milton. Our next news at 7. Breaking news anytime it happens. I'm David Wayne. This is News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. I'm Jennifer Kashinka with your Money Now. Elon Musk's team has held talks with investors about raising up to $3 billion to repay some of the $13 billion in debt tacked onto Twitter as part of his buyout of the company. The Wall Street Journal says last month, Musk's representatives discussed selling up to $3 billion in new Twitter shares. Musk's team has said an equity raise, if successful, could be used to pay down an unsecured portion of the debt that carries the highest interest rates within the $13 billion Twitter loan package. Meta Platform says it will reinstate former President Trump's Facebook and Instagram accounts in the coming weeks, following a two-year suspension after the deadly Capitol Hill riot on January 6, 2021. Meta says the accounts would be reinstated in the coming weeks. Trump had 34 million followers on Facebook and 23 million on Instagram, platforms that are key vehicles for political outreach and fundraising. On Wall Street, futures now are mixed. That's your money now. 2023 brings more flavor and more savings at omahasteaks.com. Use promo code QUALITY at checkout for $30 off your order and save up to 55% on select Omaha Steaks favorites. Stock up more and save more. $30 off perfectly aged tender steaks, juicy burgers, decadent desserts, classic comfort meals, guaranteed perfect. Order at omahasteaks.com. Enter QUALITY at checkout for $30 off. Minimum order may be required. Milk, eggs, 42 bucks. 
ma'am. You okay? Need bucks? With Jackson Hewitt, don't wait weeks for the IRS to send your tax refund. Come in now for up to $3,500 with a no-interest, no-fee refund advance loan when you file your taxes. That's up to $3,500 today. Don't let high prices get you down. When every dollar matters, it matters who does your taxes. So get to Jackson Hewitt today. For eligible clients, loans by Republic Bank and Trust Company. Details at jacksonhewitt.com. This message is sponsored by the Florida A&M University Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Are you curious about marijuana? Florida A&M University established the Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, also known as MARI, to educate the public about medical marijuana use as well as the detrimental health and social impacts of unlawful marijuana use on local communities. Find out more at mmeri.famu.edu. Tune in to News Radio Pensacola on the FM dial at 92.3 and 95.3. Listen on the AM dial at 1620. Stream us online at newsradio923.com or download the News Radio Pensacola app. You can also listen to podcasts of all of our local shows on demand and get news and traffic alerts. Listen to local talk shows in the morning and afternoon drive and where Pensacola's home for Brian Kilmeade. News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Yesterday, the DEO announced a $25 million program designed to construct new affordable running houses, rental houses in areas impacted by Hurricane Sally. That's five counties. But I want to let you know there's $25 million there. Um, yeah, and, and I surely hope we're pursuing that. It, it was just announced yesterday, so uh, I think we've been aware of it for a little bit. There was also $45 million. It's a subrecipient program designed to repair, replace, or reconstruct homes damaged by Hurricane Sally. This is Commissioner Robert Bender, District 4, the eastern half of, of uh, Pensacola and the beach, talking during the Board of County Commission meeting last Thursday. Uh, fairly interesting, fairly sizable, not massive, but not nothing either, uh, pots of money. $25 million for rental housing to be constructed in the areas affected by Sally, we qualify. And uh, $45 million to rebuild homes in areas affected by Sally, we qualify. Uh, Wes Moreno, he is the Escambia County Administrator. Hey, Wes, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Hey, good morning, Andrew. It's great to be here this morning. Always good to have you. So I know it's only been a week, but do we know any more yet, or have we started pursuing the uh, either the 25 or the 45 or both? Uh, we're pursuing uh, that money as well as uh, another announcement of uh, 66 or $67 million that's maybe coming to our area. So we're reading through all those grants, reading, you know, there's always stipulations and criteria that you have to have to be met. So uh, we're reading through that, those grants and uh, noting the criteria, and then we'll start putting our applications together. And we are absolutely going to be applying for some of those grant money. Very good. Look forward to seeing more details on that. You know, more better build. <laughs> more better build yeah, is kind of, you know, as much as we can. Um, oh, in case I forget, and I don't want to make sure that I don't forget, we finally have a fully functioning, and by fully, I mean fully, properly, historically accurate sailfish sign. How much, how much of a hallelujah moment was this for you when it went on on Tuesday? It was a fantastic moment. Uh, somebody sent me a text, uh, a video text of the sign uh, once they got it powered up. And uh, Commissioner Bender, I'd asked Commissioner Bender, I said, now you want to 
do anything out there, you know, ribbon cutting or something. He goes, no, just light it up and leave it on. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yes, exactly right. Just because I remember so, I was yeah, talking. We're, we're really happy about that. I was talking to the owner of the uh, the plastic arts uh, sign company, and I, you know, I was like, "So you're gonna test it or what?" And he's like, "Brother, it's on." And when I turn it on. It's going to be on. <laughs> like, right on. I love yeah, it. Right. Do that. And it is, it's the first time I have, and I've said this before, but I've only lived here nine years and I had never seen it fully functioning. And, um, I, you know, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Anyway, so, uh, good, lo- good resolution of a long term problem that we've obviously been, been living with. The, the one takeaway, and you and I had talked about this before, um, is we have this practice in Escambia County, and, and it's not unique to us, of we take the lowest qualified bidder and you and I talked before about how you know sometimes you get what you pay for and so I just I I hope that in the future we can make some space for considerations of quality and locality rather than just lowest eligible bid you you agree with that philosophy right yeah I do and I think what what you if you I take a look. What we've been doing a little more here lately is using a request for for a proposal uh, solicitation, which lets us, uh, you know, you bring us your proposal, like for the sign, and tell us what your qualifications are. Let us know where you've been been uh, successful at. Let us know what what your cost is. But it lets you assess uh, the the bidder, the proposer, a little more in depth. Ask ask more questions. And of course, yeah, price is always uh, something to be heavily considered. But like in this case with the sign, you know, maybe we wouldn't been, if we'd have been better off to pay a few more dollars the first time. Uh, of course, you know, it's still, still we had Hurricane Sally roll through. But sure. yeah, absolutely. I think a request for proposals is what you see us using a little bit more of these days. And, and I know uh, I've talked to Sam Abel, the city manager for Gulf Breeze. So I know you know um, well, but, you know, and kind of her perspective on this was, you know, we had a lowest bidder project at the east end of Gulf Breeze that didn't work out so good. And we had a lowest bidder project at the west end of Gulf Breeze, a little bit bigger project. That, That's right. You know, and so maybe maybe we uh, approach this a little bit differently in the future. Um, we're hearing, you know, you and I talked last week about this uh, Englewood Baptist Church being acquired to be uh, converted over into a community center. Um, a fairly significant price tag for that. Uh, one of the things that I have heard as a criticism concern since then is it's not that far from like the Fricker Center. It's maybe within even a mile, if I'm not wrong about the map distance. Why do we need another community center so close to where we already have one? Uh, your thoughts about that? Well, you know, it was part of the plan, uh, you know, when the uh, central uh, booking uh, area blew up, all of that you know, we, we have this money, there was money planned to build a new Inglewood Boys and Girls Club, which sits maybe a block away. And it's a pretty old building. Uh, they, they do a lot, a lot of good work out of there, but it's really old and cramped. And so, you know, Commissioner May had a, had a vision and, you know, why do we want to rebuild something or try to revamp something when we have this building literally a block away that could be utilized as a Boys and Girls Club, a community center, it's got a commercial kitchen in it. It has space to build a basketball court, a gymnasium, and some community space in there. Uh, I mean, we've, we've been doing a lot of assessment on it. And, uh, you know, it could, I think you mentioned it from the dais, but it could even be utilized uh, probably as a shelter uh, during storm events and such and, and a, feeding, a feeding spot because of the commercial kitchen. But so we're still doing some due diligence. The board authorized us, you know, up, up to 1.7. 
but we you know we haven't officially put the offer across the table yet. So we were still talking a little bit and doing doing some looking and some assessing. And uh, you know, as the weeks move forward, and they and they go ahead and put that offer across. Yeah, that's kind of where we're at at the moment, and that's kind of how we got to be there. Uh, a question I'm going to ask when we come back from traffic is, um, you know, I understand the upfront purchase price and then sort of ongoing maintenance, you know, how much we're factoring that into our budget decisions as well. We're talking to Wes Moreno. He is the Escambia County Administrator. Candy's got traffic on the fives. And uh, not showing anything, really, that accident on 95A in Cantuma that looks like it has been moved off to the side and the debris has been cleaned up. Victor Road and McDavid showing an accident, but no roadblock this morning. Certainly, if you see an accident, let us know. Traffic tips, text 43. 7-16-20. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. Back to Wes Moreno. Uh, Wes, one of the questions that I always have about making big purchases like this is, you know, are we also putting in an mm-hmm. estimated annual maintenance upkeep, you know, so that it's not just the acquisition price, but it's uh, a realistic assessment of how the ownership and operation or maintenance of that facility is going to impact the budget on an annual basis. Uh, I, I didn't see it. Maybe I didn't look hard enough, but do we have an, any estimate about that yet? And is that part of the budget decision? It is, it is part of the budget decision. And we have been, you know, we've assessed like the HVAC systems and some commercial systems within the facility to know what, so we know what condition they're in, yeah. how much life they have left, or maybe ones that have to be replaced right off the bat. And so we're kind of aware of, of some of those deficiencies or, or maybe not, maybe they're not deficient. Maybe they're just, you know, maybe they're a couple years old. But we are taking into account all of that, uh, all of the amenities of the building, all the facilities in the, that building. And so we'll know kind of, we have to do know kind of what we would have to do to spend, what we'd have to spend to uh, make that and transition that into uh, the community center slash Boys and Girls Club as Commissioner May envisions. Uh, probably a couple million dollars is what we're looking at to, to transition. And then I think, you know, once we get it there, I, I don't think the maintenance will be over overbearing. I mean, I think uh, with all the systems updated and everything new or, or upgraded, I think we'll be just fine as, as far as the general maintenance of it as we move forward. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I, I'm not saying we can't afford it. I just always think, you know, we ought to, you know, we ought to always be talking about not just the upfront cost, but the how much every year thereafter is it going to take us to own this thing, and you know, just because that that's a key part of the the finance of it. Uh, you also you um, the board voted to move ahead with a non congregate shelter plan with a bunch of uh, grant money, uh, American Rescue. Plan money, if I'm not mistaken, um, but we're talking about several million dollars. This would be a build, or are you looking to convert? This is a build, right? Uh, um, I actually, we have an eye on a couple of existing buildings. Oh, okay. Uh, that we're we're going to be looking at, and uh, you know, we're looking to be collaborative with this effort. I, I I've been, I've said this before. I've been, uh, I met with Allison Patton, city council person, and, uh-huh. and she and I talked and out of that talk we put a small working group together uh, to take a look at, at all things homeless really the point in time count low barrier shelter uh, continuum of care uh, there's just a lot of moving pieces when you start looking into the homeless issue uh, but you know we have been allocated grant money 3.1 million dollars is 4.1 million dollars and uh, so we have to register our plan with HUD mm-hmm. by March the 30th. And so that's what that was at the board meeting. It was the first step. I was asking the board to approve the plan. And that plan was put together in a collaborative effort. Uh, we've looked around. It seemed like most communities that are somewhat successful in, in, uh, in the homeless issue, 
Yeah, a low barrier shelter seems to be a key component to let you be successful. And so that was why we put so much per percentage on the low barrier shelter. And and that's the and, one. Uh, sorry, and, and non congregate. So it's individual rooms and bathrooms. Non congregate. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, room and bathroom. So, you know, there's a lot to it. You got the low barrier shelter. There needs to be some transitional housing and then, a, you know, a plan to move them to housing. I and mean, it's, it's a big issue. And I think uh, a collaborative effort with folks who are not only passionate about it, but knowledgeable about it. And that will actually work and drive to, to be successful. <laughs> I think that's the problem. Some of the, our work groups sometimes, everybody gets together and goes, well, I think we should do this. I think we should do that. Maybe we should do the other thing. But then everybody leaves the room, there's no action plan. And so that was why we put the small group together, because we felt like we could be a little more successful in that in that uh, endeavor. And that's great. You know, I also we also have some good news. I like to always like to end on good news if we can. Uh, Escambia County Fire Rescue recently had uh, Fireman of the Year. We also had the uh, Volunteer Fireman of the Year. And we now have the Fire Instructor of the Year in the state of Florida. So uh, ECFR is doing pretty good. Also, you guys had um, uh, the gun table, a gun roundtable, gun violence roundtable discussion with Chip Simmons that the county is going to be involved in that, working on bringing information, resources, you know, whatever, all kinds of things uh, to a small community, you know, a small slice of the geography here to try to make an impact. And I can't wait to see some of the plans for that. But last thing here that I wanted to cover with you, Wes, before we go is I did hear uh, this news item from this week. <laughs> it, yeah. It, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Did somebody have a birthday in the last couple of days? Somebody who might be the county administrator? Is that accurate? We sure did. We sure did. Uh, on Monday. Yeah, I turned 57 on Monday. Happy uh, birthday, Mr. Escambia County Commissioner. <laughs> I mean, administrator. Administrator. Happy birthday to you. Well, happy birthday, Wes. Congratulations. And uh, we always like to have a little bit of fun. And uh, yeah, I love your action. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Wes, Wes Moreno is the Escambia County Administrator. We'll talk to you again next week, Wes. As always, thanks for the time. Thanks for the work, sir. All right. I appreciate it, Andrew. You bet. 651 here on News Radio 923. I'm Andrew McKay. Hey guys, I'm Nicole Stacy. There are more things to do in our area than you can even imagine. So who better to share the adventure of the Pensacola experience than the team at Visit Pensacola? Share with us your experience by using the hashtag experiencepeakola. Go to visitpensacola.com and listen in Friday at 9:30 on News Radio 92.3 AM 16:20. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 16:20. change. Positive change is happening all around us. Greater Pensacola is growing. And that's why I joined the Greater Pensacola Chamber of Commerce. Join us. The Greater Pensacola Chamber of Commerce. We believe local businesses are the cornerstone of a great community. Here's what's happening around Pensacola this week. Take in a brown bag lunch with the Pensacola Opera next Tuesday. The free show starts at noon and runs about 45 minutes at the Opera Center. PensacolaOpera.com for more information. Join in the Pensacola Chamber's Women in Business Coffee Get Together Friday morning at the Pensacola Chamber office. 
the Women in Business Council promotes women at all levels in the workplace. PensacolaChamber.com for more. Find more events and submit yours at NewsRadio923.com. When you listen to News Radio 92.3 on Saturdays, you get the Garden Line Encore at 9. At home with Gary Sullivan at 10. Swan Capital at 1. Let's go Pensacola at 4. Gas 350, Florida 358 keeps pushing up. Texas is 313 and California is 451. If you are in Navarre, 324 east and west now, Walmart's the same. Uh, 339, is that right at the Liberty and Tiger Point? Uh, yeah, I think that is right. Uh, yeah, that's right. So uh, it's expensive. Uh, at 345 at the Murphy, by the way. That one's usually lower, but it's higher today. 345 in Gulf Breeze proper, kind of all over. 329 at the Sefco in Milton. 319 at the Pea Ridge Murphy uh, across from the uh, Walmart. Also the Tom Thumb down the road. And then 319 again at the Tom Thumb in Pace. Best price versus 345 previously, so a 30-cent swing. Uh, on 9 Mile, if you are looking for one in Pensacola, the Walmart neighborhood market is 319. But the Murphy in front of the Walmart on US 29 is 345. So lots of big price discrepancies today. Meanwhile, coming in from the southwest side, you got uh, 318 at the Murphy in front of the Walmart on Navy Boulevard. And then if you can wait for it, 317 at the Sitco at Garden. These gas prices are brought to you by Pete Moore Volkswagen with the lowest outdoor price in your next new Volkswagen, Pete Moore Imports. Dot com. Let's get Candy in here with traffic on the files before we get to David in the newsroom. Candy? Uh, goodness is we're not showing any of those slowdowns or delays now. It looks like I-10 and I-110 reporting as clear, not showing any problems there. Uh, Casey Lane and 95A, looks like that accident has been cleared. Do watch for debris in the roadway still, though. If you see an accident or slowdown, let us know. Traffic tips, you can text 437-1620, News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? The CEO of Toyota. Yeah. Stepping down, uh, he'll be replaced by the head of the company's Lexus division, Akio Toyota, the grandson, actually, of the company's founder. And uh, he's led Toyota for over a decade, uh, but uh, the company's been struggling to make the shift to electric vehicles. Today, the company says Toyota is planning to step down in April. SpaceX, uh, well, their workers had to be up early this morning. They launched a Falcon 9 rocket at 4.32 Eastern time this morning, carrying more Starlink satellites. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are excited about the Super Bowl coming up, but... Is there one? Well, uh, yeah, I'd heard maybe, (laughs) but a lot of other people might be more excited about the Puppy Bowl. And uh, the Puppy Bowl is going to have a bigger audience this year. Uh, Of course, it's always on Animal Planet every year. And uh, this year, though, it's... Uh, because of the Warner Brothers Discovery merger, it'll also be uh, aired on the Discovery Channel, TBS, HBO Max, and Discovery Plus. I like the Kitten Halftime Show. <laughs> Do, okay, this is uh, in the context of things that historically have been available at the time of the halftime show. Do they still do the lingerie bowl? Does that still exist? I don't even know. I know what you're I, talking about. I haven't heard about it I don't years. know that I've heard years about ago. this. Yeah. Yeah, David's like, I don't know. Tell me more. Tell me more <laughs> about tell me more salesman. Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think, tell me more salesman. I don't think it still exists. I kind of hope it doesn't. It was always a weird thing to begin with. But You shut up. Oh, on, okay. Man. It's fine. No, just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> David, thanks so much Fine. for the update. 657 here on News Radio 92.3. What else do we have going on? Uh, oh, so remember the whole business about the new college in Florida where Governor DeSantis had appointed some new board members that were designed to kind of clean house and unwokeify the the liberal leaning for sure uh liberal arts college in florida well <laughs> i read some of the comments that were in the sarasota herald tribune about or by one of the people that's been put in place here and though i generally and philosophically am sympathetic to what they're trying to do here some of these comments were even for me i thought eh, i don't know quite about that um eddie spear is one of the people that, that he's put in uh, on the board there. And um, the comments that he had written, at least previously, uh, a Substack post, uh, he said, uh, the taxpayers of Florida have spoken clearly. Do we understand the assignment? As I see it, we are trustees. We're to lead New College of Florida out of wokeness and into its mission. Eh, fine. He says, I would like to propose that we define wokeness as a religion. We can clearly see anti-racism as the new racism. In like man manner, anti-religion is the new religion. While others, and there's truth to that too. I think there's some truth in that. Certainly the anti-religion is the new religion part. Uh, he says, while others may claim that this practice is about awareness, particularly like athletes wearing a knee, uh, taking the knees, what he's talking about. He says, I believe that most people in the higher ranks of this religion would see the connection of this practice as virtue signaling connected to Barack Obama's pastor, Jeremiah Wright, when he famously stated, no, no, not God bless America, but GD America. Like, I, I don't know about all of that. <laughs> That's I mean, it, it might be, but... Sometimes the problem in trying to persuade people is when you overclaim and overstate. You know, you kind of drive people away who would otherwise agree with you. I'm not sure about all of that. Oh, I completely biffed on future news. So uh, let's do a real quick one here. You ready? <sighs> Fast yes, future news. Um, will Trump actually use Facebook and Instagram? Yes. Not till later. He likes to go, hey, look Next at me, year. everybody. I think he's going to make <laughs> him wait. Okay. Uh, will the Pope's comments on uh, homosexuality be misunderstood? Well, yeah. Did you hear Bobby's show last night? Uh, I didn't, but no, I would figure they're going to be misunderstood. Local talk in the afternoon with Bobby Rossi, 4 till 7, is on News Radio 92.3, WNIC.